Hello, everybody, and I hope you enjoyed this beautiful, beautiful weekend. Doesn't this weather kind of make you want to run to the store and buy notebooks and pens and, and put them in a little purse and drive to your nearest cornfield and go back to college? That's what I really no. want. No, it doesn't? I've never had a little purse. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, come on. A little man bag. <laughs> no. No, seriously. No. I just because I went those anymore. I went to Northern for undergraduate, so that was like cornfields all the way out. Now it's like suburbs between here and, and uh, DeKalb. But then I went to, to law school in Champaign, which is, again, more... More and more and more cornfields. So, like, I have this thing for cornfields this time of year. <laughs> you, you ought to like. You ought to like my. So, I went to the Field of Dreams games, oh. and it was amazing. But I'm telling you that only because I had the best corn of my life there. Really? And then I said, "What makes this corn so good?" And the lady said two things. She said it was picked today, and she said, "Come here." So I follow her, and there's this giant vat with hundreds of ears of corn in it and it was all in this big yellow stuff and then i saw these sticks of butter oh like 50 sticks of butter at least that's why the corn was so good i said but there's one place where the corn is even better and she said i don't think so we have the best corn ever in the world i said no 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 the corn's better in one place she said where i said my joke file at home (laughs) that i believe (laughs) And I'm not buttering you up on that one. But I'm all ears. Okay. So I'm keeping Steve Dale uh, after school, after class today, because we have a topic that is, is is an interesting one. This coming Thursday is National Dog Day. Yes, it is. Yay. And in honor of dogs everywhere and their owners everywhere, we're going to talk about an interesting t- statistic that one of my colleagues, Colin Diamond, who is a personal injury uh, lawyer in Naperville, he told me that dog bites are at an all-time high, and I did a little research, and it seems to bear that out. The lawsuits, uh, you know, they're being brought. Why are there so many dog bites? When are you liable for if your dog bites somebody? And how do you protect yourself if you're a dog owner uh, from getting sued and getting in trouble? And with us to discuss this today, of course, is Steve Dale, who is wearing the hat now of Pet Central, and Colin Diamond, uh, the lawyer from Naperville and the law firm of Mathis and Schneid. Hi, Colin. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Karen? Good. So we've got a pet expert and a legal expert on dog bites. Let's let's just talk about statistics for one minute. 900 million dogs in the world. 50% of all children will be bitten by a dog in their childhood. There's 4.7 million dog bites in the U.S. every year. Um, so... You know, Colin, we had a little discussion about some other issues, and you told me this, that there's this big uh, rise in dog bites. Can you tell our listeners uh, what you have seen and why you think it's happening? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I've I've had more clients who are victims of dog bites or dog attacks in the past year than any of the other years of my practice, but I can contribute it to a few things. Well, first and foremost, COVID-19 and and the shutdown, um, but also technological advances. So we have a lot of people delivering or ordering things from Grubhub or Uber Eats or Amazon. So people are being put more in contact with, uh, you know, dogs than they normally would be or other pets. Um, But also uh, with the effect of the shutdown, people were working remotely. They were working at home. So I think they where they otherwise would not have uh, adopted or bought a dog, you know, now they are because, you know, 
not being able to see coworkers or you know other people they you know the dog fills that void so, so steve you know you do you have you heard this too as a pet uh, person that there have been a lot of dog bites Yes, you know, with dogs home more often. But I say yes, you heard a hesitancy with with my voice. Uh, Yes, people are home more often than dogs are there more often. Having said that, uh, there's been a bump in crime, right? I mean, a lot of things have changed. But dogs aren't criminals. No, they are not. (laughs) But as a result of the pandemic, we've seen a lot of numbers change from what they previously were in lots of different sectors. So we're there all the time. The dogs are there all the time. Uh, The reasons described are absolutely correct. Having said that, I have read headlines that have said epidemic of dog bites, and that is just not true. And considering the number of dogs we have in America... Uh, Yes, I don't want any dog bite to happen. I don't want any serious dog bite to happen. And we know what we can do, which I could talk about, to limit the number of serious dog bites defined by you need to go to the hospital. Uh, Are they up? Maybe so. Uh, Am I panicked about it no i'm, I'm really no mad. let's you know what let's take a break and when we come back i want to talk a little bit about the legalities of what happens when a dog bites somebody is it automatic liability is there a one dog bite free we hear that term all the time i'm not sure if that's true but we'll be talking to colin diamond and steve dale about dog bites in honor of national dog day on wgn in honor of National Dog Day on Thursday, I'll be celebrating. Um, we are talking about dog bites and why is there a rise in dog bites? And I'm here with Steve Dale from Pet Central, W. Jones' very own, and Colin Diamond from the law firm of Mathis and Schneid. Colin, can you give us the uh, Law 101 on when is your dog, uh, your, when, is you, when are you as a dog owner liable for the bite of your dog? Well, it's important to note that it doesn't just have to be a bite. It could be a dog attack. It could be an attempted attack, you know, where someone's injured uh, by your dog. Um, But there are two different ways. There's the Animal Control Act, and then there's also negligence. So for the Animal Control Act, you kind of have to show four things. So it's not an automatic, you're liable if your dog happens to bite someone else. It's got to be an injury that's caused by the animal that is owned by the individual. There's got to be a lack of provocation. Uh, There's got to be peaceful conduct of the injured person, and there also has to be the presence of the injured person in a place where he has a right to be. Um, And in terms of negligence, they have to, the individual owner has a duty to exercise due and reasonable care in the management and control of his property, such as his dog, for the safety of other people. If he doesn't do that, uh, then he can be liable for his dog uh, if his dog goes out and attacks uh, another person. So there's no one bite free. Uh, rule. I, I've hear, heard that my whole life as a lawyer, and it's not true. You don't get your dog doesn't bite the first time, and it's and it, there's no liability. Correct? No, no. There's there's no one bite free rule. That uh, rule was eliminated when the Illinois Animal Control Act was passed in uh, 1949. Oh, so and let's talk a little bit about you. You mentioned the injury has to be caused by the dog, and it has to there has to be lack of provocation, which means that if someone provokes the dog, there is no liability. What would cause? What would be um, a set of facts or that that would show that there was provocation? I imagine like hurting a dog or throwing a stick at a dog or something like that. But what else would be deemed to be provocation? 
Well, you're absolutely right there. Um, you know, simply, it's the per- provocation is when a person who's bitten, attacked, or injured by the dog does something to cause the dog to attack them. Uh, provocation would be simply like, for instance, you know, kicking the dog or something like that. What a reasonable person would view as provocation, kicking the dog, pulling the dog's ears. There, there are a lot of different situations where people can, you know, that can happen. For instance, let's say uh, you're going to the dog park with your dog and, you know, a, uh, your dog gets in a fight with another dog or something like that. And you're trying to break it up. If you're pushing the dog away and the dog attacks you, you know, that potentially could be that. Or, um, you know, you're harassing the dog or, you know, the dogs, you know, through a fence and you're sticking your fingers in it or something like that, that would be considered provocation. So if you, let's just say, you know, children are largely uh, victims of dog bites um, and, you know, kids do stuff like that. They pull on dogs' ears. They, they, they do things that they shouldn't do. Does Is there a rule that's different for children? Is there a more, uh, like, lenient rule that they can provoke or is it kind of the same for adults and children? It's, it's the same. I mean, thing you, you have to look at it as well as it can be intentional, it can be unintentional. So there, there's been a case of, you know, a uh, two-and-a-half-year-old girl who steps on the tail of a Dalmatian the dog is chewing or a bone, and then she gets scratched. Um, that was considered provocation. Or, you know, a uh, two-year-old hitting a dog, pulling its tail, was bitten. Um, or a seven-year-old boy who's kicking the, the stomach of a Rhodesian Ridgeback dog when the dog just recently had surgery in his stomach. So that was considered provocation. It doesn't have to necessarily be intentional. It could be unintentional. Um, but, you know, in terms of the age, you know, it, it, it's, it's the same, you know, no matter what age you are. Steve Dale, um, is it true that when you are on the same eye level as a dog, like a child might be on the mm-hmm. same eye level say, as a German shepherd, that that is um, a little dangerous because sometimes dogs then think of you, your child, as a, um, like a, a, challenge, a challenger or? No. No, that's not no. true. But what is true, and you're right. Uh, most dog bites happen to children, and most dog bites happen to children that the dog knows. And that is because it's easy if you're if you're at the ch- at the dog's level, it's easier for the dog to simply get at you. And sadly, it's easier for a more serious bite to occur, a bite to the face, because again, it's right at the dog's level. If we're talking toddler or something like that, that brings up the importance of adult supervision. Right. And I'll tell you whether it's a dog, cat, parrot, or ferret, any pet, maybe not a goldfish, the adult, even a goldfish, the adult needs to be there. Right. Um, you know, Colin, I want to go uh, a little bit to the issue of trespass. So, so for instance, you have a dog and you have a dog in an enclosure. Uh, what is it that a homeowner can do to protect him or herself against a lawsuit for a dog bite in this case? What would you say? Well, what would be the important things that you can bullet point for me? Well, if someone's trespassing, then under the Animal Control Act, they don't have a legal right to be there. So they can't be found, the homeowner can't be found liable if someone's trespassing at that point. So uh, if, if someone's trying to break into your house or, you know, they're on your front yard and the dog, you know, is trying to protect you or your family and attacks the individual, then you can't be held liable for that person if they're trespassing because they don't legally have a right to be there. Um, you can, you know, put up signs, you know, beware of dog here. Uh, you, you know, you can make sure that, uh, you know, you watch your dog. You have supervision for your dog. Make sure your dog's not just sitting outside all day. Have a fence. 
uh, make sure the fence is working if it's an electric fence and that the dog just can't wander off your property and, and go somewhere else. But if the person's trespassing on your property, then they don't have a legal right to be there. So, you know, you can't be held liable for that. Now, what about leash leash issues? So let's just say there's a law that you have to keep a dog on a leash, right? Stephen, that's that's a law. Indeed it is. Oh, like in most unless, places, Yeah, right? unless you're at a dog park, it is law, yes. Okay, so how does that affect, let's just say, and I've, I've seen this in, actually in my condo building, where people just take their dogs off the leash and the dog just like runs up and scratches your, your, your legs. I mean, I love dogs, but, you know, keep your dog on a leash, you know. Well, especially. It's, it's law for a reason yeah. and, and, and actually for the safety of the dog. I mean, and this has been a trend during the pandemic, by the way. I've written about this. More and more people, for whatever reason, have their dogs off leash, and it bothers me. Yeah. How does that affect liability, Colin, as far as being sued for your dog's behavior? Well, that goes also under the negligence theory right there, is that if you are not uh, maintaining control over your dog, you know, that's that's what a leash is for, usually. You're able to maintain control of your dog, but if your dog is unable to be unleashed like it's not going to listen to you and it's going to take off and run after someone else uh, and you know attack that person then yes you could be held liable for that if you're not that's that's you're unable to maintain control of your dog i assume that if your dog injures another dog that is also a possible lawsuit right it's possible, but dogs are, are under Illinois law are considered property. It's it's different from human beings. Uh, so, you know, it would be what the damage is to the other dog. You know that you know the other dog is considered you know property. So it's damaged the property. So there could be a lawsuit, but it's it's different when it involves human beings. So let's just say that I had a, a client who had a dog, and the dog was inside his house, and it was a screen door. The dog across the street for some reason got out like knocked down the screen door of this guy's house, went in and tore up this dog really seriously. I mean, there were probably maybe $7,000 worth of damage, let's say. What would you, what would, could, could that dog owner sue the other dog owner? And for what? What? Yes. I mean, well, I mean, you can, you can sue the other dog owner. You can sue for damage to your property. That dog took out your screen door and it, it ripped up your dog. You know, if you, and your dog had to undergo multiple surgeries, then yes, you can, you can bring a lawsuit uh, against that owner whose dog. Uh, escaped and entered your house and caused all that damage. I want to talk briefly about insurance because the question, Colin, is does my homeowner's insurance policy or my renter's insurance policy cover uh, liability for dog bites? Well, you have to look at your your homeowners or your renters insurance policy. That's first and foremost. Uh, you know, a lot of people bought dogs during the pandemic and shutdown. That's the first thing you got to check for. Uh, certain certain policies will exclude you know dogs from coverage. Or if you didn't tell your homeowners policy that uh, you bought a dog or you adopted a dog, they might not have your dog covered. So, you know, it's important to you know look at your policy and then look at. Uh, you know, and call your insurance agent and ask them, hey, you know, I just bought a, I, I bought a new dog. Uh, can you add uh, my dog, you know, as, as part of the pro- the policy? Or can you include, you know, pets as, you know, under my homeowner's policy? We have like a minute. Dave, uh, Steve Dale, uh, certain dogs, uh, certain insurance companies, I, I understand, are trying to <clears throat> ban uh, coverage for certain breeds. They exclude sometimes or charge more for certain breeds or what are thought to be certain breeds. Often they guess wrong. Also, as a point of information listed, I'm told by, I don't work for an insurance company, but I'm told 
that they, when they include dog bite statistics, include other things. So if I come to your house and trip over your dog because I'm clumsy, that is actually considered a dog bite just because it's not a dog bite, but because it's the category that it's in. So, and I know there's probably some legislation dealing with that because I yes. think a lot of people are offended to say like, hey, I've got this breed and oh, I have to pay no more sense. or it's excluded yeah. for no it's, good reason. Uh, that is no good reason. You should look at the temperament of the dog, but insurance companies with two exceptions don't do that. And that needs to change. It is in the process of changing in Illinois, I hope. Steve Dale, thank you for staying thank after you. class with me <laughs> and talking dog bites. Happy National Dog Day. Thank you. And Colin Diamond on Mathis and Schneed uh, Injury Law in Naperville. Can you give out your contact information quickly for our listeners? Yes, absolutely. You can contact uh, me at uh, the law. This is at Mathis and Schneid in Naperville. My phone number is 630 630- uh, 428-4040. We handle all personal injury, including dog bites and dog attacks, but also uh, product liability and medical malpractice, car crashes and slip and falls uh, as well. So and we uh, work out of multiple counties in the Chicagoland area. Thank you, Colin. Thank you so much.